Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your weekend? Good. You've got your uh, you got your slow voice My going on again. Unintentional. Your, your radio voice. We're a little bit we're starting a little bit late tonight, so I unintentionally put on an NPR voice. That was not necessarily. Uh, well, I said unintentionally. <laughs> right. It's it's time it's time to, to relax and slow down with Dennis Rogers. Yeah. Smooth yeah. smooth jazz for your S- for your jazz. drive for your late night drive. Um have you We had we we had a bit of a a hiccup here because I had not seen the last twenty minutes of our, our show, so to explain our, our, our Dennis mentioning the, the lateness, so he was like, You better go watch that because it's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, well, yeah. So was, I mean, how are we nice. gonna how are we gonna watch a Christopher <laughs> Nolan? How are we gonna talk about a Christopher Nolan movie when you haven't seen the last twenty minutes of it? That's it's very twisty. It's, it's, so it's twisty. It's very twisty, as as Ryan Reynolds Pikachu would say. Right. Why, why doesn't Why doesn't uh, Nolan get known for twisty stuff? Because a lot of his movies have twisty, twisty. I, like Shyamalan is. That's what everybody expects. You can't watch an M Night Shyamalan movie with like, oh, where's the twist? Uh, I mean, to me, that's that is part of what he's known for. I mean, I guess doing the um, Batman Begins, Dark Rises tr- trilogy, so to speak, sort of put that into his reputation, which doesn't really i mean they're batman stories they don't really have the 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 twist or un uh what's the word i'm looking for like parallel time frames or reverse time frames or or things like we we watch memento or um the sort of strange stuff that he did in dunkirk i've mentioned a couple times in the last couple weeks but oh man yeah yeah that that, i mean that's part of what i you think of think of his work as like there's the Batman movies, but then there's everything else, which has a tendency to be even if it's even if it's a fairly mundane story, but not mundane, but like nothing supernatural about it, like Dunkirk. Um, there's still a big element of, um, well, we'll get into that when we talk about this this week's movie <laughs> right um and how well, so so that's that's why we're that's why we're a little late but it, it he's right that last 20 minutes is was a lot it even so much that i had to turn on rarely what i do turn on subtitles just so i could like wait what's what's happening what, what do you say and then, you want to go into that just jump into our, our thing uh yeah let's do it So our 2020 challenge uh, this time is, and I don't have the year on this, but it's The Prestige, which is by Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. and stars Wolverine and Batman. Yeah, 2006, uh, Wolverine, Batman, and Black Widow. And Black Widow, mm-hmm. right. It's 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 a whole smorgasbord. Al- also, also Gollum is in here. Oh, and Alfred. And Alfred. Alfred's in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gollum and Alfred both. Gollum. Yeah. Man, and it's 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 shot full of superheroes. And, and and the one and only uh, David Bowie. Um, Wait, who was David whatever, Bowie? Whatever, whatever his character from Labyrinth. Um, he's he plays Tesla. Oh really? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. You wouldn't you All wouldn't right. know because he's dressed like a you know Victorian kind of you know he's, normal he's, person. He's dressed relatively normal, but. Uh, yeah, that's wow, David it's, Bowie. It's huh? David Bowie. Okay, so wow. we're going to talk about this movie. There's very little you can say about it without spoiling it. So I am going to hit the bell. Yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, all over the place. This is a twisty, twisty turny, as we mentioned. With like, there's twists 
at the beginning at the beginning of the beginning of the beginning act and then the, <laughs> the second part of the beginning act and the third part of the beginning act and then all the middle acts and then there's twists and more twists yeah i mean it's I mean, it's that's good though. in a in a way that um some movies are kind of about movies this is sort of it's it's like a magic trick about magic tricks right it's a movie about magic tricks but the movie itself is a magic trick it's very meta in that way Right now, I want to I want to note that about a year or two ago, we were talking about this topic, and we said that there was the Illusionist that came out at the same time as the Prestige, and then some people had said that the Illusionist was probably the better of the two, but they're different. Yeah, uh, so I, I think I'm, we watched the Illusionist. Yeah, we watched the Illusionist about a year, year and a half ago. Well, I guess we've been doing right. the poster for over a year, so it had to have been at least a year and a half ago. Right. Um, and, and now here we are watching the other side of that. Yeah. The they they came out around the same time. Let me I got to say they yeah, yeah sure the same year. They came uh, they both came out in 06. They're both about magicians. And so people And they both have twisty stuff. People got them. the two confused. Um but the but they are nothing alike. Yeah, they're really nothing alike. The the storytelling and the time, like you still get a sort of, you know, a big question mystery and a, and a twist, but it's um, there's a lot more going on in this story. Oh, a lot more. Yeah. This one, this one is deep at all levels, all the way through from start to finish. I thought that the illusionist, it's been a while. Uh, who was the main actor? In Norton. Illusionist? Uh, Edward. Norton. Oh, Ed Norton. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I, th- and Jessica Biel, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that that one was one of those one trick ponies. It's like it's got a thing that's going to happen, and we're all going to find out what happens at the end. Sure, right? Sure. And and I know this kind of has that too, but this has this has deeper levels of it because the movie's about not about necessarily about magicians, it's about obsession. Yeah, right? obsession with with vengeance with between these two men. Yeah, and it starts with I mean, the accidental death of the, all, of the wife. All aspects of of these two guys' lives are are driven by obsession, right? Yeah, like it's it's vengeance, but it's also this this intense competition, this one upsmanship, um, um, all of that throughout. So, had you you had not seen this before? We sort of I established that. Before, no. I I saw this back in the day, you know, around the same time as I saw the illusionist. And so I had a vague notion of how the, at least the very last twist or reveal or prestige. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure why that's the word. I meant to look up the etymology there, but it's your sort of, um, it reminded me of watching Watchmen, which I know you haven't seen, but you're kind of uh, uh, a JJ Abrams or Damon Lindelof kind of, uh, you know, set up set up a question and then hopefully pay it off. Like the audience hopes you pay oh, it off. Oh, it's your ta-da. It's the ta-da. It's the ta-da. It's That's the, you. Yeah. And it. I like that they, I like the first word they use is pledge. They're like, yeah. you know, that's the, it's the pledge. You start with a promise and then it turns just slightly. And then, and then you get the, the prestige. I had forgotten, um, about the violence to birds in this movie. <laughs> that was the thing, <laughs> um, right? Yeah. There was there was a little bit of that. I I said this before we started recording. Yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday, 
and I, for better or worse, probably because we didn't record until Wednesday last week, um, I had put this off until yesterday. Okay. Put off watching this. And by the time the football game was over, it was like 1030. And I thought, I'm going to watch... I'm going to be able to watch like half of this and then I'm going to have to finish it like today over my lunch break or whatever. Um, but I, I ended up watching the whole thing. I think sure. maybe knowing just the, the like punchline of the ending um, kept me engaged enough that I kept watching for clues and sure there were clues. Oh, that makes sense. I could, I could watch this again with those kind of, yeah, things. Th- yeah, there were clues, but there were also in typical magician, you know, uh, uh, um, fashion, there were misdirects. Um, mm-hmm. You probably didn't notice this because you've never seen it before, but um, Hugh Jackman is always writing with his left hand. And okay. I think that sort of, I think there's, there's like something that happens there with the journals, but it's really not, it's really not anything. I'm like, is that, a th- is he? And so I kept watching for him to be writing with his right hand because for in the first probably for the first third the the first act i guess in a variety of scenes not only is he writing left-handed but the camera shows him writing like it zooms in on his hand and watches him um you know writing with his left hand and you think they were trying to maybe mislead us a little yeah bit i'm like i feel like that's supposed to be important and if anything it would be important for christian bale's character but yeah, it's it's but not. it's it's just a misdirect, so you're not paying attention to um, whatever other things are happening. Right. I, I I gotta say though, if if you're listening and still watch the show, and you're still in the spoiler section here, uh, we, and I don't say we haven't actually still spoiled this show yet, um, but it's it's more it's the thing I like about this is that it's more than that. Like it's not just the twist. It's not just like figuring out and then because a lot of these shows when you when you figured it out and they even talk about this or in the in the movie about if you know the trick then nobody cares. This is this that's how I feel about the Illusionist. Like I know mm. the Illusionist movie. Mm-hmm. Now I could watch this movie, but I enjoyed lots of it throughout. I enjoyed these two characters became increasingly unstable, kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, or erratic. Sure. Not, it's still not the word. More uh, obsessed. More obsessed. more extreme, more obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how they did that and how they, the little nuances between when they would go back and forth between seeing each other's shows. And then you really got kind of emotionally caught up with them. And there's the first act type thing when they're working on the same team. Uh, right. And it's, th- there's a lot of really good, interesting things to this show. Um, that, that weren't just that part. Um, like, yes, you are wondering a lot of times what's going on and what a trick is, which is another great thing about this show is that because they're magicians, everything is secretive. Mm-hmm. You are always have a feeling like everyone else in, in their lives that they're not quite legit right? when they're talking to you or anything. Yeah. Right. Which, and that was a that was a great which, way which did the ending. In, yeah, in in the one case ends up being foreshadowing. Um, yeah, once you get that reveal. So, okay, if you're still listening, go go <laughs> go go away. You're we already passed the bell, but yeah, we're past the bell. I remembered that Tesla was involved, and I remembered that. Um, um, it's funny about these characters. The actors are so big that I. Just think of them as the actors uh, playing these characters, and I can't 
sure. tell you what their character names were. But I know I knew that at, at the end, Hugh Jackman's character is cloning himself and murdering the clones yeah. a little bit. Real like quick like comment we, on that is that Batman's name is Alfred. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. yeah she, the, the, right. That's how, that's how I knew. She calls him Freddy. Um, right. Hugh Jackman's name is like Algiers or and, Algiers and, or something like that. Right. Angier. But 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 the but the uh, the Alfred thing was I thought was yeah crazy. that is funny. So. Um, and so I remember that it's like uh, it's like the the show the, the show we saw um, living with yourself, which which goes into um, it, it's a very I don't want to say scientific but it's a very hard uh, solid movie with. No mysticism or you know magic, real magic, right? Voodoo, right? One until that point, when, and then all of a sudden it becomes like it immediately becomes. There's mysticism. there, yeah. There's this little bit of science fiction in here, which is yeah, which is kind of interesting. Um, I I thought it was too. I was I, that was kind of cool. I kept right? seeing glimpses of um, the Greatest Showman, right? Because yeah. because uh, Hugh Jackman is he's. Playing, he's playing a very similar kind of character as his, uh, um, sure, sure, uh, P.T. Barnum character in in. Well, the the I, I've I've heard of this actually this um, moral um, dilemma is what this is. Okay, um, before I, I've heard of um, the the moral dilemma in either an ethics class or something was this very thing before this ever came out. This movie came out was sure. That, you know, if you were cloned, and they, a lot of times, always heard it described in a, a Star Trek way. Yeah. What if you know if they took you apart atom by atom and copied you to another thing, but in the process they had to kill you? Right. Right. Would, would is that murder type thing? Right. Uh, so and and how would you feel about that? And that this is that right on the nose. Yeah. When um, at, at the end, right when they get to the end. Um, yeah, which was. Which was that was that's a lot to unpack. That that whole twist in the ending there was a whole lot to unpack. Yeah, you know, that's like, a very you know. that's a very Christopher Nolan ending, where like yeah, all the information is conveyed. Well, no, not all the like the 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 main like your your um um surface level question is answered, but not really. Not completely. Well, it also leads into deeper things like, okay, now you have to, you just kind of have, your mind is a little blown with this guy that now is okay with killing himself or goes night after night into a thing where he doesn't know if he's going to be one that's going to be dropping through the floor. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is, well, that's a whole different mind. Well, that's the, that's the escalation of these two characters, right? Like they get, they get more and more obsessive. I mean, the, what Christian Bale's character has to do is a similar sort of thing, right? Like he's been, he's been living half a life with his brother and one of them is going to die. Right. Yeah. And so now like the the one dies like the one, you know, accepts and goes to the gallows and then the other one has to live, live on like it's it's not quite like for the for the other one. It's not quite suicidal, but it's it's almost like both of these two two characters, um, Christian Bale and and. 
and Hugh Jackman get to a point where this obsession in this game and this and this contest is worth more to them than their lives. Yeah. 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 And that that was the ultimate, ultimate showing of it. I think um, it makes Batman be more sane, I guess, because throughout the show, he he seems erratic and he seems aloof, but he's not really. He's just two different people, right? He he doesn't have different mood swings. He does love this girl and does love this girl and does have this feeling. And then, you know, at the end, one of them says, we don't need to go back there anymore type thing. Sure. Yeah. It's right. And that's the one that lives who ends up being the most sane one who's like, I need to be done with the obsession. We are out. And that's the one that stays. Yeah, and he's the one who's the woman that he loved killed herself, right? Like right. the one whose whose woman that he loved is still alive is the one who died. In a like, I can I can see where you're coming from with that, but it, mm-hmm. from another perspective, like the the life that Christian Bale's character and two characters have been living is almost more extreme. Like Hugh Jackman gets to a more extreme place, but Christian right. Bale has been living in a in a less sane, more extreme way from the beginning. Right, and and they do the really good job of foreshadowing that when they talk about the other magician who is like dedicated to his act. Remember they they, they yeah, make a real the, big point of that and then the fish he's bowl walking around with guy, that fishbowl yeah. between his legs and stuff and, and you're like he's totally committed that's his life that's his thing and like he's saying right there yeah. what's happening and it's uh, yeah some you know some of that's for them and a lot of that's for us right because that's the whole thing it's like um, Michael Caine is is giving us this demonstration at the beginning that you know ends up being back at the end and that it's that sort of uh, uh, storytelling we saw that with something fairly recently. Um, This movie in, you know, in a very Christopher Nolan way jumps around in, in timeline in a way that I could see being confusing. Um, A lot of the, a little bit, a lot of the times it doesn't matter, right? Like you're seeing this or this. And if you, if you're not sure where you are in the timeline, it's not important. It's not, but it's, but it's fairly clear when they're like, this is early, this is later, this is here, they're meeting here, but you know, he's, you know, he's in prison. So that's obviously up at the front of the story. Like, I mean, further forward, that's the now, and we're getting everything else in flashbacks. And then they go back and forth between the two of them narrating as they're reading each other's journals, diaries, and you get, you know the 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 one reveal and then the other reveal and it's who's playing who and they're really both playing each other for their entire lives yeah right well this this has i I gotta say so far the my biggest surprise on our 2020 challenge has been how much i've come to appreciate nolan Mm. like i liked i liked him sure like passively and I, i clearly when he first came to my mind was the batman movies right um, but now that I've watched a lot of these movies, like these are the kind of things I really do dig like a lot they're, they're hard to tell. I mean, again, I'll point to M night Shyamalan when, when you know a thing's happening, 
you know what you're looking forward to ever. And, and, and you, I know that this was one of those movies and a lot of his movies are like that. I knew Memento was going to be about a trick of some sort, right? but you just don't always get it. And it's not just from writing. It's also from acting, but also primarily from directing the way. And it's not too confusing and, but they give you enough. Yeah. That when you're done watching the show, you feel like, okay, right. I, I, right. Okay. Now, I will say again, people who've not who's there. I don't. I don't think that they really gave away the brother thing. Like I. I don't think that was ever. You could have guessed that. Yeah, there's just not enough. Not enough breadcrumbs there. I kept thinking yeah. about Memento, watching this, and wondering again just how you strike that balance. And maybe you know you do a lot of test screenings or something like that. But by the time you get to showing your movie in front of a test audience. You've done so much of the work that there's only so much you can change after that point. It's basically just editing. Exactly. And, then, and then how much time do you have for editing? It's It reminds me again of um, GMing or DMing in, in role-playing games where, you know, obviously to to Nolan, in his mind, the plot and the formula of Memento was established, you know, when when before they started shooting. And this exactly. and this pattern of black and white to color and how the timelines cross. But once you know that, once you understand that formula, like how do you look at it through the eyes of someone who doesn't? Like how do you look at it through the eyes of someone seeing the movie for the first time, not understanding why it keeps going back and forth between black and white and color and what's going on with the timeline? Um, well, that's why I think he's he's such a great... I don't, did he? I forget. I should ask first. Did he write these things? Uh, was he also writer? He or co-writer of he, some sort. Yeah, he does co-writing with his brother, I believe. Okay. Well, the that's. I think that's part of it. I think that it's like they're in the process. They are probably director writers. You know what I mean? That that they're. Yeah. Okay. This is a cool trick. How could we? do this because they probably write just write screenplays. I bet you they don't write it down in like a, a book or anything. I bet you they do screenplays. We're like, okay, this is how this is going to be shot. And Screen, this is how this screenplays or like maybe start with a short story and, and work up to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they're like, okay, how, cause I think screenplaying is very important for a director's eye. Right. Yeah, like of course. Do, it's, as opposed to writing it, a book. It's a completely different um, kind of writing. Right. So, so Nolan, Having that, and I, I know I'm speaking out without actually looking at the facts, mm-hmm. but be, I'm assuming he's screenplay person here. Yeah, it is that's 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 a really key important thing about this being his movie, and um, I I think that's neat. I really these are my kind of movies that that are good, good acted, well shot, well thought out and planned, and give you a lot throughout the show. I, again, I'll go back to Memento. I think Memento was a a ride all the way through, not mm-hmm. just at the end. Yeah, right. Um, and and he Nolan makes it very interesting to the viewer all the way through. Unlike um, the Illusionist, where it was it was fine, but it was all leading up to the end of the, the movie. Right. Where uh, yeah, this was yeah, this movie had. I mean, and it it starts out somewhere early on. Christian Bale saying, "Are you watching closely?" And so that was true for me. Like, even though I knew the big ending, I kept watching for little details in between. I'm like, is this going to, is he going to, are they going to show? I mean, it's a movie, so, you know, they don't, none of it has to be magic because it's a movie. They could edit it 
however they want. Yeah, right? they could just um, CGI that stuff, right? <laughs> and they, you know, they get to the stuff with Tesla, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what he does. And then you forget it's the, you know, whatever. It's that like pledge and the turn where, oh, there's a there's a big pile of top hats out in the woods. We saw that at the beginning of the movie. I forgot. <laughs> right, and then right. You, you see him walk, you know, because they have the cat, and then you see him walk, and you're like, "Oh yeah, the top hat's right." Of course, okay. So this thing, it's... and the top hat never moved when you first saw it right. in the electrical thing. Yeah, right. uh, the the. And then if you're if you are watching closely, so like I said, the only part of the ending that I remembered was him cloning himself and and killing the clone. The first time he does the. He uses Tesla's machine for an audience. They they're very clear, uh, pointing out the trapdoor, right? And you see you see yes. the trapdoor, and you see um, Christian Bale notice it, and then he he mentions it later. And so, if you've been paying attention the whole movie, you remember back to the beginning in the setup when. Um, um, you know, Christian Bale is being accused of Hugh Jackman's murder that he fell through the trap door and into the into the water thing. And you're like, OK, so there's where the trap door and the water tank is already there. Like you get the, you know, you you figure it out just before it's all shown to you. Yeah. Yeah. Th so this this is a uh, what makes this movie interesting and unique is is because of the. The whole, I think, the whole of the movie. Sure. That 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 it's not just the end. It's just not the twist. There are many of them, but it's it's the whole, the characters, the acting. It's Scarlett Johansson's character. She was the one who I thought she would have a bigger part to play. Mm. Right. Like she had a part, but I think that the whole movie could have done without that character. Not the wife. The wife. Both wives had to be in there, but. Sure. I don't I, I don't think that Scarlett Johansson's character added anything. She came in about halfway through. She had kind of a role, but but uh, Wolverine gave her to the other guy. I don't know. I kind of know why, but don't really know why. And then she didn't really do anything that led it to mattered in the end, except to let you know that to maybe think that he's a cheater. And then it's the brother thing, maybe to add another element to that. that. That could have been part of it. I think it was a lot of just, I mean, her story was yet another, like, another twist, another misdirect. You're like, oh, yeah, she's, he sent her over there and told her to say this. And she did say that, but then she said this. And so when he thought he found that he was actually doing just what he wanted yeah. him to do, and it's that, like... That sort of stuff. She had where to have been a you, that, That's true. Like this is a movie about magic tricks, so it works. Yeah. Um, this right. is the kind of thing they do a lot in heist movies, where right. you're like, "Oh yeah, actually, it turns out the security guard was working undercover for one of us the whole time." And you're like, you get diminishing returns on those contrivances. Right. Yeah, and and I'm not sure I've seen. Oh, so the problem I've always had a problem initially seeing a trailer for a, a magic movie. Okay. And and the the name, I mean, really, it's so funny. Like, I'll see a trailer or see a thing coming out, and I have no interest. If it's anything, I do great big eye rolls about magic things. And then a lot of them I'll watch, and I'll really enjoy. Sure. Because I do like magic and magic shows and magicians. I think it's super cool. 
Um, but I'm also very frustrated by never knowing, right? The, right, the trick. Right. Uh, but, but I always just go into these things assuming it's going to be like, well, of course it's a trick. It's a computer. They just changed the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not that hard. It's, you know, it's just, they're, they're blurring out the thing or they cut it and edit and Photoshop. Right. You know, but, but that's what you assume. But the good, the good at most actual magician based movies aren't about necessarily like the trick no right I'm, it is but it's not that's not the main thing yeah and a lot of those they'll they'll show you so you don't you don't have that feeling of like ooh, how did they do that trick i guess the important part of a lot of those shows is like we're going to show you how to do the trick because it's the cool part or it's one of the cool parts of how this all comes together sure. I'm thinking of uh now you see me is another show which is a heist movie mm. um, i think i've seen that yeah, they they got two of them out, and they're they're about equally the same. It's they they are heist movies uh, masked as um, magician movies. So you're like it, they do, you know, the long short of it, they do a magic act, and then they steal things. And you're like, and then there's at the end, they're like, here's how the trick was performed, and how they got away with it, right? Which which right. is satisfactory. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how most that's how most magic movies are, right? Um. And I guess I always I'm always assuming like anytime I go to a real life magic show, they don't tell you at the end how it works. No, right. you know, and and you just don't. But in most movies, it's important that you know the big trick. Sure. So that that makes me like them a lot more. So anyway, I I dug this movie in I guess final uh, thoughts. Yeah. I like this movie a whole lot. I would I I really did. Uh, would it be in my top 100? It probably could be. I don't. I don't know where it would sit in the top 50 or 50 to 100. Yeah, I think by it's the probably in there. By the time we get to the to the end of this list, we'll maybe have to look back at the list of Nolan movies and see if we needed all of them. Because <laughs> well, they're 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 different. I mean, we've, they're we've, they're good. They're we've good seen entertaining movies. Three at least so far, and I don't I don't know if we have any more. <laughs> well, that that's the difference between like our our criteria for Listy, as you had said, like what does it fit in a role? And for me, is it is it an entertaining thing? Mm-hmm. And all of his movies, like the Spielberg movies that we watched, are generally entertaining. When I'm done, I watch them, and I can recommend other people to watch these movies. And and really, in the the list, at least that we've seen so far, has been the Prestige, Memento, and Dark Knight. And those are all so different. Like this movie and Memento are a little similar, but in, in a certain way, from a certain perspective, the Dark Knight trilogy is some of Nolan's least ambitious work. And I don't mean, I just mean in the sense of like, like there's no big weird twist or time, you know, weirdness or what it's just a, you know, just a comic book story a superhero quote not superhero but you know it's batman story yeah um right and but you know we watched dark knight and heath ledger's masterful performance as the joker um yep and it's you know it's really good so yeah none of these three are redundant right in a sense where i say Mm -hmm. like well you probably only needed to see this one I might, I might come to that, to that conclusion with Stanley Kubrick by the time we see 
sure. what we've well, still got the twi- clockwork the twisty orange parts of those two Strange the, those two movies aren't aren't similar twisty at all right right i mean they're, they're, they don't have anything to do with any kind of thing and that's what i mean there's no redundancy so um yeah for me in final judgments i i would also recommend if if you haven't seen this um it's it's really it's really worth worth seeing and, and it, it holds up i know it's it's only like 14 years old i know it's who kelly to the six is 14 years ago <laughs> but but still it there it's fine it there doesn't feel any yeah i mean it's a, it could be released today and feel fine it's a period piece so it's uh yeah, yeah. And, and and you had made a comment which i think is, is rock solid on is like how many different english accents can we have in this movie like the first 10 15 minutes i'm really thrown for a whirl as every character has a different english accent. yeah everyone is doing is doing and i mean michael kane is speaking in his normal voice but <laughs> right, um right. the rest of them i'm like what are they trying it's like a little bit low class but not really i don't think i've seen christian bale do this accent in anything else uh, yeah I, I i will say when my main thought was that is that i think that the woman with the most sexiest voice in the world is Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> in, in in my personal opinion. And she, when she spoke in that accent, was not like a sexy voice because she didn't have her like little raspy thing. Oh, she was doing a, right. Doing a voice. And while she's an attractive lady and she is in the show, just it's something about that silky voice she's got. And mm. I was like, no, oh, yeah, okay. don't, don't do the accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So that's and I like English accents. That's so what you need to instead of instead of ASMR, you should just put on her when you're trying to fall asleep and just listen to to Scarjo. If 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 that can balance out, if listening to Walking Phoenix talking doesn't uh, wake you back. Oh up. right, her. Yeah. Can, can I? I wonder if I can do an Alexa where she just uh, doesn't do the voices of what you know filters out <laughs> right. his voices. Right. That'd be funny. <laughs> well. All right. Um, are you caught so up? Got, what's next week? What's oh, next oh, week? next week. Uh, next week we are watching Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, okay. Are you ready for this? this? Four hours. This is another old classic. Uh, you know, I considered even asking to split this up into two different weeks. Peter O'Toole, but, uh, Alec Guinness. That's uh, we'll power through it. That's Obi Wan. We're we're going uh, we're going to uh, try and decide if. Um, this feels longer than 2001 A Space Odyssey. I, I can't imagine something feeling longer than 2001. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we, will, we will see. Um, okay, cool. Peter O'Toole. Are you, uh, are you caught up on Star Trek Picard? Yes, I am. Do you want to talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit? Uh, sure. I, that's kind of how I said that last week, too. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, it's, it's hard to talk about this one because... Again, feels like prelude. Sure, there's a yeah, there's a decent I, amount of setup still happening. All right, well, we'll yeah. m- maybe it'll be a little brief, but I'm going to hit the bell because if you're not caught up on CBS's Star Trek Picard, we're probably going to spoil some stuff. So. Yeah, this this I, I'm a little mixed. I, I got to say, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, there's little to not like, but it's just. Uh, there's nothing hooking me right now. Mm. So far, this this show definitely feels like it's one big movie, and we're just yeah. getting the doses. I, I right. I can I can definitely see that. There's a little more. There's a little more edge happening with his uh, his interaction with um, the, the admiral. Right. Mm-hmm. There, it's like 
okay, now that we're not on network TV, although they still are, I don't know, whatever, uh, you know, they can, they can swear now. They can, uh, not that there's, I don't think really that much profanity, but yeah. just, a just, a, I think, I think the Admiral does swear at him. I don't remember now. Does he? I, I, I watched it, you know, Thursday last week. So it's, it's been a few yeah. days. The, he does a little bit of a CSI kind of thing that while it was happening kind of annoyed me. I was like, what's, what's happening? Am I watching uh star Trek procedural detective drama? Yeah. And they do all this, you know, uh, you know, um, nonsense science stuff about patterns matching the, the thing and the call and the signature with the, Oh, twin yeah, sister and all that stuff. And then when I thought about it later or the next day or whatever, I said, wait a second. The techno babble is, is like a, is like a pillar of what makes Star Trek, Star Trek, right? Yes. Nonsense made up stuff like tachyon yes. pulses and, and spore but, networks. But I, I'm going to say this and I, and I'm, very reluctant to say because we're only two episodes in. Okay. This doesn't have a whole lot of Star Trek feel to it. Like we could not say Federation and not say things, and we could be any sci-fi movie so far or show so far. I mean, maybe we talked about this last week. Like that, you know, they're supposedly trying to make this appeal to both, you know, the people who've seen every episode and the people yeah. who've seen no episodes. So. There are some references, but they're more Easter egg style. Um, I therefore you get, therefore you get like the words Romulans, but all that could be, it could be Bibu Bobs, it could be anything. Yeah, the the Romulans could be anything. It's it's made more clear, and we talked about this a little bit last week too the sort of political situation between Starfleet, the Federation, and uh, the Romulans. Um, if you didn't know, if you didn't know anything about the Romulans, that conversation between the first episode, his interview, and then the second episode when he talks to the Admiral, you get that sense of like, yes, there, and I don't, I don't know how to look at it from a, from the perspective of someone with no context, because for me, as I said last week, I was a little bit nervous or apprehensive about that that kind of stuff, that idea. But then when I think back and go, yeah, they worked together a couple times, but in all of the like political, um, you know, alliances and, and compromises and that kind of stuff, like, you know, in the lore or whatever, in the, in the history, they point at the Klingons a lot. Right. But from next generation onward, the Klingon empire is almost always allied with the Federation. There's a, you know, little window there in Deep Space Nine. Um, Similar sort of thing with Cardassia, the Cardassians, like that goes back and forth. The Romulans are almost always an enemy of the Federation, right? They keep the neutral zone, like the neutral zone is always the thing. That's where the Kobayashi Maru takes place. There's all this weight of history. So, I don't know how to look at it from someone who doesn't know all that. It is all sort of explained, right? She says our oldest enemy or our greatest enemy or whatever she calls them. And right. the, yeah, the, we, and we the synthetics to be and the guys. synthetics had just wiped out their shipyard and most of their ships. It's, you know what it is? I just realized this. It's Pearl Harbor. 
Yeah, exactly what that is. Um, and so, you know, they not, whatever close the borders. I don't know how you close borders in space, but um, yeah. you know, they they go through all that. So they shut down the synths and stuff that, like that. That stuff, that stuff could all be generic sci-fi. Um, I mean, it really could be. So far, there's there's nothing in here that is truly Star Trek. And I'm not just talking about like settings and stuff. There's, there's just, I don't have a unique feeling. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Again, I'm not, we're too in. Yeah. I I imagine we're building toward that. Like there's no reason to put the, whatever they are, rogue Romulans or whatever in a Borg cube, unless that's going to matter. And I don't think we've gotten enough based on just material in this show to understand if we don't already know what the implications of a Borg cube gone rogue are. Right. Now that's, that's the, that is the part about this that does feel star, star Trekky mm-hmm. is that there's this, that there's this Borg cube that's out there in space. And it, you know what? It might be the fact that they don't spend a whole lot of time in space. This show is on earth so right. far for the first two episodes. Right. And, and that's fine. It's just, and again, we're not seeing this in the whole, however many episodes that are here yet. So far. Sure. we're only seeing two of it. Um, so they may spend the rest of the time gallivanting in space and they're on star star you know ships and I'm like oh now it's star trek but I I I can't not help but compare this to discovery that discovery definitely was star trek it was a different star trek and people can argue we're like oh it's just a different you know it's uh more diverse or it's got you know more modern stuff but right. it was very much on a ship with a captain and and you're going through space and you've got the uniforms and you're definitely Star Trek. Yeah. Right off the bat. Discovery was very um, original series, a little bit Voyager, a little bit Enterprise, where mm-hmm. this feels more Deep Space Nine. Right? Sure. It's not, you know, there, there are definitely differences, but, I mean, I could see, you know, I came to all of those other shows way after the fact, but I could see coming into Deep Space Nine and going... What what is this? There's no ship. Like we, yeah, we've talked bugged, we've talked about this time, with yeah. with the with the role playing game where the ship on the show on the other shows is a character. Yeah, right. In a in a sense, like the, you know, they do story. Like Voyager had a story where the ship got sick, which is dumb. But like <laughs> all all the things, like the ship is so. Are you saying it got a virus? <laughs> No, it the the Voyager, the Intrepid class has like uh bioneural gel packs. Yeah, I as part that, of its yeah. computer core and they they get sick and so which none of that makes any sense. But of course, right. again, techno or as we call trekno babble. Um right. and it I mean, a lot of that stems from the design of the ship, right? Like that was true in Firefly, right? The ship was so was designed in such a way to to give it a a characteristic and a life of its own. Same with um, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, that one's a actually those are those are both the same thing. The show is named for the ship, right? Right. Um, right. Galactica. And um, and then Deep Space Nine. Well, the I guess in that case, the station is a is a character that the way that the, the ship is but it doesn't move it's just there and you're like how are they gonna 
how are they going to boldly go if they're in a static space station? Um, well, to, to to not get too in the weeds here, <laughs> some people would say that Deep Space Nine got better when the Defiant came along. So, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And they the, could actually do those things. The, the war, the war part of that is it. I mean, this they did stuff with the Defiant, but a lot of times it was just, uh, you know, the Defiant Worf and and whoever else were off on the Defiant doing stuff while the actual main story of the episode happened on sure, the station. Sure. But yeah, it's. I mean, I agree. It's it's early to tell. We're getting a lot of, um, a lot of setups. A lot of a lot of turns out. Um, yeah. you can, you can probably predict from as soon as that quote unquote Vulcan starts talking, you're like, yeah, she seems shady. And of course, like by the, the next scene, you're like, okay, yeah, she's, she is she's shady. shady right? She's, yeah, and, she's and, either, uh, she's either undercover Tal Shiar or section 31, neither of which right. have been, well, they've, they've dropped Tal Shiar, uh, Picard's sir. I don't know if they're servants, whatever his. His people with him, the Romulans. His caretakers, right? Yeah the 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 thing here is um, for people who are Trek fans, maybe big Trekkies are getting a lot of uh, mileage out of seeing Earth because I know that mm-hmm. you don't get to to see a lot of Earth and Starfleet except in the big movies, right? A, a lot of times, and and that's and that's always something that's always been interesting. You know, when you see. Uh, original series movies, they're climbing one of the mountains or Mount Rushmore or something like that. Remember, they're on a camping trip. It's I think it's El Capitan, but yeah. El Capitan, right. And, and they're, they're there, and that's on Earth, and there's it was always interesting to see you know technology mixed with Earth type sure. stuff. And this is doing spending two full episodes where they're doing just that. You're seeing robots in the fields. Uh, my, the two cool things that I noticed for sure was that uh, they teleported or beamed, quote unquote, to different places through that. So they had like these teleporter pad things, the, the, like portal door. Um, yeah, which was kind of cool. Yeah. And then they had a taxi, which I think it's funny. Did they have a taxi? Yeah, because um, at the end, Picard goes to see someone we don't really know who she is yet. Right. And she's in like a trailer out in the desert mm-hmm. and he takes a taxi there and she even says you can get back up on get back up on your taxi or your cab mm-hmm. and get right back out of here and like he took a cab out there so it's it's maybe it's one of those things where like sure the military have access to transporter technology or the rich people do or the most you know populous cities have teleporter stuff but you can't teleport everywhere site to site right you know, which which again, that's a very in the weeds Trekkie thing that probably Trekkie people are like, oh, that's interesting. That changes kind of how we see Earth. And- I'll say funny funny anecdote re- re- related to that. Um, we were, I don't remember what we were watching. We we've got a Amazon Fire TV upstairs. That's not important, but um, <laughs> the TVs Apple does this, Amazon does this, Chrome does this. The TV will go into a screensaver, right? Um, yeah. If you're if you're paused for too long, yeah. And it was one of those with like I don't know if they're slow drone shots or whatever um, kind of thing, but you'll see a mountain, you might see uh, Dubai or whatever, and it was a it was a long slow shot of the Golden Gate Bridge, and I was like, huh, weird. There's cars all over it. Huh. Because I expected to see it covered with solar panels. 
Uh, sure. Because right. I like the few recent times I've seen the Golden Gate Bridge, it's from Picard or, or something else, Star Trek, where they've established right. that once they stopped using cars, they put solar panels all over the uh, the, the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Say, so what, what do they what do they need roads for? And at all? In, no, I mean, where they're. I mean, going, again, we don't know what, what what's going on because we did. They I don't. They did they don't need show roads. that they, they don't need roads, but they because everything's flying cars at the least. Right. Like I said, we saw Ubers out to the desert. Right. Shuttles um, and teleporters. And teleporters. So anyway, some of that's cool. And, and it's real hard to, to talk too much more about because even at that, you don't have a whole lot going on. We do get, I will say I'm uninterested in any of the new people except for his caretakers seem pretty interesting. Mm. Uh, I, I don't. Again, without Picard in here, it doesn't feel like there's anything I could put this in any kind of sci-fi show. And then I want to think at this point, would I be interested in this sci-fi show? Like I'm not interested in the Starfleet people, although I did like the acting of the the older um, commander that she went and, he went and talked to. She was pretty good, mm-hmm. um, the admiral. But the rest of them felt like kind of B-list acting and. Uh, the the main girl is kind of lame. Uh, same <laughs> thing with the the Romulan guy that we're supposed to be like intimidated by or something. Uh, the it guy seems... that she's with. Um... Yeah, like oh, he's super sexy Romulan. I'm like okay, he's whatever. <laughs> um, it, it just I don't. None of that is interesting to me very much right now. And I'm like okay, we'll see. But without Picard and the next generation hooks on this, so far there's nothing incredible. Or new here. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about him not calling any of the any of his old crew, his old team. Like, right. I I I sort of appreciate that he didn't after you know Rise of Skywalker and this J.J. Abrams you know nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems I like that would be that. an easy blah, blah, blah. an easy <laughs> trap, especially after um discovery did so much better when they you know brought in Anson Mount and did more uh nostalgia callback stuff but there's a balance right between doing that and just filling the screen with oh look we got LeVar Burton to come back and we got Gates McFadden to come back and like then you're like what am I what am I watching a bunch of old actors play the same parts yeah. like now I'm just watching Nemesis again Right. That's, that's what I'm, I'm wondering here is that, and I keep this way. I can't say it wasn't on my mind that you had said it is this, you know, are they trying to not, they're trying to give us some star, uh, star Trek next generation stuff, but they're intentionally trying to not give us it. That's what, that's the way that felt. It's like, uh, why don't you just call them? Okay. This is for the people who want to see them, but we're just going to give them reasons not to. I'm I like, mean, and it, okay. Like his, sure. his reasoning ma- makes sense in character and it, plays into that desire to keep it accessible like that's a tricky i mean i said that last week like how do you how do you satisfy the fans while still trying to successfully bring in a new a new audience Um, well you in in the past well you didn't do it successfully in the past at all mm. but what you did do is you would have a movie and you know what if kirk needs a ride sulu is there with his new ship or um uh, uh, Doctor, what's her name? Doctor uh, Gates McFadden, Crusher, 
Crusher, she's got her medical ship or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they can hitch a ride. We've got answers to all the things, you know, because we've got friends in, in high places. But this, this show is intentionally trying to like, okay, we're not going to talk about our friends in high places that we know <laughs> at all. We're just going to talk about a completely new cast and a complete, which is probably again, what Patrick Stewart was all about. Okay. We're not going to talk about, we're not going to use any of that stuff. Guest appearances. It's going to be all new cast and I'm a main character. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we've seen, we know that, um, well, we've seen Brent Spiner already, but we're probably going to see Data again. Um, uh, Jerry Ryan is in the cast. We're going to see Seven. So uh, there's some setup for, um, you know, the Borg in that story. They've got Jonathan DeArco, the guy who played Hugh. Do you remember Hugh? Hugh. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. That's big. So wow, uh, okay. Uh, IMDb unintentional spoilers potentially, unless it's a misdirect. But it could be. Uh, yeah, it's a misdirect, like the show we just. Watched. It's the but so. it's the same guy who was who played that character in the show. Wow. Which is well the the so yeah it's 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 hard to say and I and when this first went live before I read a semi spoiler free review of somebody who had watched the first three and they kind of were coming down the same way that I'm feeling so and I felt that. At, when I read that review, they're like, "Hey, man, you're only three in. You can't give it that kind of a, a thought when sure. you're only three in." And and I definitely don't want to be doing that either. So my comments here are not to be taken as anything more than like right this moment when I'm watching first it, impressions. If you, if you ask me to, to to say something, because I can't. Now I will say this. It, it I and I did say this earlier. I'm just so I'm just kind of reiterating it, but a little bit more is that um, it is not. If you watch Stranger Things, they know it feels like they know how to how to pace a show that is going to be like thirteen episodes or whatever it might or eight episodes. They're like you're gonna you have to have each story, each episode has to have like a little bit of an arc that lend, uh, leaves you on a let's watch this next one. This doesn't do that at all. Like I I had the first one and I wasn't like jazzed to watch week two of Picard, and I'm not like biting at the you know grip to watch Picard three when Chomp, it comes out. I, chomping at the chomping bit. Chomping at the bit. Sorry. Um, whatever I said was crazy. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it's not it's not that at all. It's right. like if I watch the first, you know, twenty minutes of the prestige, okay, this is fine. I don't you know, I don't it's not the great thing. Because it's not the whole show. You need to watch the entire thing in in its entirety. Right. Uh so they're they're definitely not making this as a week to week type thing for sure. Well, yeah, and I mean, with Stranger Things, you're talking about streaming. Like, they they want and expect you to start the next episode right away. Where, uh, you know, in a in a weekly release, you've got to right. You've got to so pace that may, out maybe this is the argument that we had said the other way is that this, maybe this is a one that should be binged watched because it is an actual full complete story, as opposed to. You know, these when you watch The Mandalorian, you kind of, you know, you're excited about next week or you watch something else and like Discovery. Discovery leaves you week to week wanting to see the next one. Uh, I know when Discovery's on, I am can't wait to the next one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I, I'm feeling that way about this. Like, I okay. I don't know where they're going with it. I'm I'm waiting for, you know, some more some more stuff to happen. Right. Like we've talked about everything right. we've seen. Seems like a lot of setup, a lot of prelude. And yeah, this, this feels that if I can, I can wait next week comes across and Thursday's here and I'm like, uh, I don't see it. I could actually see myself saying, 
I'll just wait until the next week and then I watch a couple. Hmm. Right? And then it'll matter. I could see that. It it for me it probably doesn't help that I am still whatever like halfway into the first season of The Expanse and yeah. they just started Avenue 5. So I'm like at the beginning of all of these sci-fi shows <laughs> at the same time and I'm like Right. Okay, where are you going with this? Is this gonna I like Somebody I know the I know the expanse has run for like four seasons so far, so I know that they're just everything I see now is and part of this you told me, is like we're getting to some big twist and then then a kind of story where I understand what's going on is gonna is gonna happen. Avenue five is a different is a different thing. It's actually sort of growing on me, but um, <laughs> that's right last week you were not very happy with it i think so. after last week and whatever knowing that i would i would still keep watching it like i went to it with a little bit of a different eye sort of not not expecting too much they actually i don't want to say they made the karen character sympathetic but they're actually doing something interesting with with that character which I didn't I didn't anticipate. So my expectations were so low after ragging on it last week <laughs> that when I watched it I'm like I'm like you know what it's dumb and that's fine. Yeah. So that's it's where that's where I'm is. at with that show. So for this one I'm like just like all these others I'm like are we are we setting up for something here? I want to see I want to get to the payoff of this. Right? Right. Jeez. Well, We'll we'll see we'll see how this goes. I, I you know I there's no chance in you know that unless the world's ending that I won't watch all these. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not like it's not like that's going to happen. But but you know it's uh, I I would like for it to get moving a little bit. Only sure. eight episodes. Is that right? There's eight of these. Um, I had it open. I I am uh so far I am still. Looking around, it's kind of like a, I'm one of those kids that's looking around still for wh- where's my okay, this is good, but where's my real where's the real ride? Like, I'm looking for mm. discovery, like, where's discovery? I want discovery stuff, and I shouldn't be doing that. I should be so it should be getting me so caught up in this Picard show that I that I don't even think about the other ones, you know. Mm. But you know, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. I, I'm hoping that when we're done with this, we're like, that was a great full story, and I want to watch this binge watch this whole It It looks thing. like on IMDb, there are going to be 10, so. Ten. Oh, that's that's more than I thought. Okay, cool. That's actually good numbers. I like, you know, I always yeah. say thirteen's too much with a lot of shows, mm. especially if there's one. It's thirteen. If there's, if there's one, one arc, yeah, yeah. Arc. I'm with you. Yeah, right. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, what else? What else we got this week? Hey, did you see? You were talking about the Super Bowl yesterday, um, mm. or I remember that there was a lot of. Um, Shakir and J-Lo. But besides that, there was also a Marvel spot that they had. For there was. It was, it was fairly intense. Yeah. I had to. I didn't know what to think about it. I watched it twice. And then it was so fast that I was still like, okay, somebody's going to have to tell me about what I'm seeing. Someone, here. yeah. IO9. Somebody is going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, frame by frame breakdown. Frame by frame. Um, when it first started, I thought it was just going to be the same or an updated um, uh, Black Widow trailer. But then it went into everything. No, there was a different Black Widow trailer. This one started with Falcon. Right. Um, yeah. And so I was like, oh, Falcon, you know, uh, Captain Falcon trailer. 
Uh, Captain Falcon, like it. <laughs> we didn't really. I don't know. I, I don't read that comic. <laughs> no, so. I like that. It's good. Captain um, Falcon. I I do like that in the MCU, the character of Falcon plays the role of the Millennium Falcon. Uh-huh. In in that he shows up at the last minute for backup. He does on your left. On your yeah. left. Um, I don't know what. Right. That's funny. <laughs> I a, a couple of weeks ago, I don't remember what I was even looking for. Probably random stuff to put on our Fox Dencon YouTube playlist. But there's a guy on YouTube who has taken that scene in Endgame and added clips from other movies. Yeah. Right where people come back. Like I always talk about Theoden at. Uh, uh, you know, the Battle of Minas Tirith, Pelennor Fields. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's that kind of thing, right? So, like, as they're, like, he shows up and the portal's open, and then some people start showing, and then there's Aragorn, and there's Theoden, and then there's the Power Rangers, and they're just clips from all these movies with the music keeps playing, and they're like, well, that, is, that, is that enough? It's like, <laughs> you wanted more? And then they right. all charge, and it shows the Braveheart guys charging, and the Lord of the Rings guys charging, and they're charging, and it's—I mean, it's so dumb, but <laughs> it was—it was kind of funny. Well, um, the, gosh. Well, the, any, this anyway, so, we're the, talking about this, talking about this short. I—I I don't really have much to say about it. I saw a lot of. There's not a whole lot to say. I—I I have a little bit of a, not a better sense, but like a. A theory about what WandaVision is going to be like. Um, sure, they they appear to be appearing not at a fixed point or era, but in various TV uh, sort of universes across time, across yeah. time, across whatever the last fifty years that sitcoms have been a thing. Um, yeah, I I saw one that I was pretty sure was Full House. Um, I don't, I don't okay. know if they're going to be that on the nose or if they're going to be, you know, here's a, you know, they're here and it's like a fifties style sitcom and then they're here and it's a, you know, eighties golden girls type sitcom or they're, you know, in this wholesome family kind of, I mean, most of those sitcoms that I named are, are wholesome family. Well, I don't know about golden girls. I actually never saw it, but, um, <laughs> never saw golden girls. Oh my God. No, it's just, just before my time though. I did see uh, the Andy Griffith show, so it's in the gap where it's right. it. I'm too young to have seen it, and neither my parents or grandparents were interested in seeing it. So, ah, I see. Well, I I can say this that I my comments on the things that were kind of shown. Uh, we don't know too much more than we already would know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Falcon and Winter Soldier is just about them two getting. It's going to be the transition. I think it's just going to be the transition. Mm. They they do. There is some talk about um, agent. Um, what's his name? Uh, U.S. agent, which is a character who is when the government uh, when after Cap dies. We we talked about this after Cap dies. That um, you that the government comes out and tries to put their Captain America out, and it, it's not mm. Sam. Uh, okay. So th- that's this is a transition between you know, accepting him as the new Captain America and then they'll have whatever movies that might happen will be with him having Captain America, which is really interesting because you can put this Disney plus series out that explains how a transition can be Rocky and develop characters, develop some relationships between them. 
But if you don't see that, you could probably skip from Endgame to, let's say, Captain America 3, whatever that might be, and just be like, okay, Bucky and Sam get together and Sam's Captain America because, you know, that's what it is. Mm. But Or you could watch this Disney Plus series and see how that kind of really played out, um, which is that's what that's looking like. Uh, the WandaVision thing is a House of M type storyline. Um, I don't know what that Wanda, means. Uh, in, here's my nerd hat comic book Whoa. uh her nerd hat uh, when um at one point there was a time when uh <laughs> the avengers this is this is right before i got back into comic books the avengers a thing called disassembled and they fought each other i think something happened and some people died vision was the one of them that died okay okay um and i think i could be wrong here but i think vision and their kids died i think because wanda and vision were married i see and she lost her mind. Uh, so out of after that happened, she went into this like, I've lost everything. I've lost my whole world. And she is one of the most powerful people in the entire Marvel universe because her power is so vague. It's ridiculous. It is sure. control reality. <laughs> like, and she, what does that even mean? Like you can do anything with that, right? Yeah. So yeah. when she loses her mind and her psyche, she causes reality to be messed up and okay. and things were just fitting her subconscious i see right and she, so it. she would go back into like to you know doris day or leave it to beaver time and mm -hmm. and she would recreate vision in this wonderful happy family that they have together but it's not real right right and then so their house of m was um sprawled out of that they there was a series that came where they tried they had to get her back on track right and get because she was not the world was not the right reality right um and then so here's a little interesting part that's what this may be by the way this may be the, where she's lost it because vision's dead that tracks and, right because vision is yeah. still dead at the end of the spoilers yes. is still so, end at the end spoilers. dead at the end of endgame so right so she could she could lose her her grip on reality and this is her going through this. It did seem like she's aware of it in the comic book. She wasn't aware of it. Mm. It was just kind of, she's with her family again and they're, and they have to convince her that it's not real. And this one, it seems like she knows something's going on here and that she's trying to figure it out. Sure. So that, that's, that's interesting. But, uh, hey, here's my little extrapolation is that a really big thing that spun out of that in the comics is that after, they got her back together and she accepted that vision was gone and everything was done done. She was so distraught that she was done with this whole mutant and the world hating mutants and stuff. And she said, uttered the big famous words, no more mutants. And when uh, that happened, she changed all X-Men and all comic books in the Marvel universe for a good year where the, the entire world was um, like, where there was like no, they were all mutants or something like that. There was just, there were just no mutants. It was a totally different reality that she changed. Mm. And only like Wolverine knew that that was a thing. But um, so she changed reality and caused it. My little side prediction is here that this could be a good way at the end of this thing for her to create mutants in the mm. MCU. You okay. know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. they got to fit that in somehow and it's going to be a, it's going to be thing. a reboot. You think they're going to do that and not try to merge in? Oh God, no! I don't think they'll merge one, at all. One of the existing. No, 
I think I think they'll just mer- they'll start all over. Start fresh. Yeah, and and I and I and I'm really interested to see on how they do it. I I think whatever they do is going to be fun and, and exciting with the X Men. I think that they won't drop it. In, I don't think they'll drop us like an X Men movie whenever that happens. I think it'll be very much like the Avengers type thing where you see a character in a movie or one of the taglines at the tag end outro things. You'll see a Professor X. Mm. Or somebody with with Wolverine's claws or something kind of type you'll, thing. You'll see just a silhouette of a wheelchair. Yeah, something like that. You know, it's or you know the very first heck. Remember the very first Iron Man at the end. You had Samuel L. Jackson's walking walking in as you know I'm I'm Agent Fury and I'm with Shield and you're like oh my god what <laughs> and I want to talk to you about the Avengers and that's very much how it could be. It could be a Wanda at the end of Wanda. The very last thing at the intro is like a Professor X wheels in and he's like I'd like to talk to you about mutants. Hmm. You know, yeah. she's a mutant. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of cool. I hope that, you know. Do you have any do you have any off the cuff dream castings for uh I don't. I no. I think that uh the dream cast was As- to have aside uh, from Hugh Jackman card as yeah, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman as as Wolverine is 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 the best Wolverine I could ever think of and um Patrick Stewart as um you know, Professor X is I've kind of already had the best. Is there a um is there an X-Men character that we've not seen on screen or has been reinterpreted in such a drastically different way that you would want to see them done better done justice, justice or, or actually done at all? Oh, there, there is a lot um, that, that I like to see redone better. They, I, I'd like to see Laura Kinney more, uh, although she was pretty done in Old Man Logan. That's uh, the female Wolverine. The okay. little girl, the little girl, right? X twenty three, she's great. I thought in her movie she was great, but she was just the beginning. So that that would be a great character to to for them to to go with. Um, she's mm. awesome, and so you know she's very much like what you see her in Old Man Logan. Uh, uh, who else? An X Men type character. I, I've always been a Colossus fan, but that's that's silly. That's just my own ego. Mm. They'll they might do a uh, Shadow Cat. They could use Shadow Cat. She's been popular in the comics for a very long time mm-hmm. uh she was played by uh what's her name um i want to say ellen page ellen page was uh the girl who could psychic go through walls in in days of future past yes but yes which is kitty not pride. anything it, which is kitty pride that's shadow cat oh that's, okay yeah she that she has no powers like that at all that's that's no powers that like she has at all the, that psychic thing she does mm-hmm. with time or whatever like it's at all this is what i'm saying is that they kind of interpreted it really weird she her character yeah that's no that's sort of what i meant by my question because i mean we yeah. talked about this over the years like when we had justin on and we talked about house of house of x um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i one of the first couple times that i tried to get into comics i read some of the old miss marvel uh carol danvers before captain marvel <laughs> And yep. she interacts with Rogue. And Rogue in the comics is so different from Rogue in the movies. So different. Yeah. Um, you know, she's got her, her power stealing, borrowing thing. And she's basically, she has similar powers to, to Miss Marvel um, in, in, that, yeah. in that story. And, and Rogue you know, could be sort done. Of, 
Superman so level like flight and, and she's amazing, right? Well, and she wasn't always that way. That's stuff. that's something that they could do on a long term type thing. Character development, right? That would be like you could see a really good writer just sink in their teeth into this. Like we're clearly not going to do a one to one translation of what she was in the comic book here, but we can take a character that has beats. Like she she has this power that we know that's like self absorbing powers that she. Mm-hmm. You know, killed somebody on accident when she was a kid. She's very traumatized by that. And but she goes through the X Men history as a bad guy initially for a while, and then she, uh, that's the rogue name. And she is with the bad guys. So this is something that you could have her in multiple movies as a bad character that mm. doesn't have super ultimate powers, right? But then over right. many movies or. A large arc she will get these things and have maybe like a civil war type movie where you know one of the main things is she gets her big flight powers and then you have this character that has developed over a long time that mm. the, the things because she does have those long beats and they don't really it's just different in the fox movies i mean you know who yeah. she is in the fox movies yeah she wasn't terrible she just was young and different <laughs> right i've yeah i've right. not seen all of them but i've definitely seen the first three which is yeah, a, mo- most of most of what's her, her story. name the the girl that played her the, uh, Anna Paquin Anna Paquin right in one of her first big roles uh, with that yeah yeah so yeah. It, it was fine I mean she's fine in as that character I'm, I'm not knocking it's just a different kind of universe sure. type thing uh, and they did a lot for comic book movies to to have that come through yeah yeah uh, but she but but Rogue would be Rogue would be a better character served in the MCU. I think really well. Um, sure. And, 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 but the reason I'd said shadow cat is because she has been, uh, some kind of favorite for everyone for who's read comic books since the seventies, I guess she's only wow. okay for me, but they've had her as leader of every team known to man <laughs> for you know, long periods of time. Uh, Cyclops would be a great one to see actually reinterpreted because mm. he's always been a, I don't know if this is a lot on air douchebag. Yeah. And, yeah. He is a douchebag in the comic, but but not he's not been a valley boy. I mean, they make him like a valley boy in every mm-hmm. movie. In, in anyway, uh, Feige can do a lot better with all the characters, and I think that it, that's going to be fun. That'll be I don't see them getting that rolling for their five years at least. Sure, but but you you could definitely start seeing outros with those guys. Yeah, seeing post credits teasers. And yeah, because they don't. They, we, I'm sure we they started liked. seeing Thanos like five years ago. So yeah, exactly right. Well, I watched. Um, I watched. Was it Infinity War? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, I watched the first Avengers movie. I watched the very mm. first Avengers movie just last week, and um, they had they teased Thanos throughout that whole movie, but they and they say like him. He's got like his little <laughs> mouth talk right. He yeah. says him and yeah. him. Uh, so even then, they're they're teasing these long, long long stories that they i know they know where they want to go with them but they just have the patience to say look we're going to do avengers then lots of movies in between and then another avengers and then lots of movie in between before we hit this kind of a thing that long patience is what i think they will definitely do with x-men they are not going to rush it yeah rush it yeah they unlike fox and sony with spider-man and uh, the X-Men and, and Fantastic Four, where they, they like, we need to establish a thing today, right? Sure. Or or Warner Brothers with their with their DC stuff. And, yes. Yeah. Right. And th- I think one of the things Sony had going against them uh, and, and Fox, too, maybe to an extent, is probably issues with the rights. 
right? Where they could keep they can keep the yeah. rights to a character, but oh, in order yeah. to do that, they have to make at least one movie every so often, and so they right. often would just rush out, you know, another Fantastic Four movie or. You're right. You're right. Whatever. You're totally right. Yeah. The and and then here they can say, well, now we've got. I mean, the idea was that they, you know, Marvel didn't have those, and they had to use all these B level characters to and make them right. them big. Now they have A list characters, but they can just put them in slowly, piece by piece, and yeah. get a lot of mileage out of that. Um, uh, the the interesting part about MCU going forward is going to be the the bridging the gap of that, whatever this phase four is. Um, because they didn't have X-Men. So they had to have, Feige had to have some kind of plan that did not include X-Men. Right. And I'm sure he's still going to go forward with that. I just wonder what that is. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he he has different ideas, right? Like, what were they going to do if they couldn't get Tom Holland back? Or whatever, you know, stay, have a plan. (laughs) Again, to take it back to D&D, like, have a plan, but but be flexible because things change, right? Like you you have no, you sign a contract with an actor, but there's no guarantee that like somebody doesn't, you know, God forbid, get in an accident or, you yeah, know, right. some other contract breaks down or, you know, whatever, just be, be with, like plant those seeds, but in a vague enough way, like with the Avengers Thanos thing where you can pivot it if you need to. Right. So, Hey, did you, speaking of Tom Holland, you brought that up. Did you see that? Was it Morbius trailer? Uh, n- I don't think so. With the the living vampire type thing. Okay, uh, I'll have to, have to get I... you to watch that. Okay, um, I'll watch it. We'll it, talk. That about is it a next week. that is a D list Spider Man character. Okay, he is he is very 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 unknown. I think I saw him in the nineties, and I was like, "Who is this ghost vampire guy that's fighting Spider Man?" Because I didn't read <laughs> Spider Man at all, but like right. he was on the cover. The living vampire and like how interesting can you make vampires? But the trailer, I will say, looks okay. So give it a look and see and see what you think. Um, well, at some point we're going to get another blade, right? Well, I, maybe, probably. With, um, uh, Wesley Snipes, you think? No, it's not. It's not Wesley Snipes. It's um, uh, it's somebody, somebody with no, not Black Panther. Um. The guy who was in Green Book. Uh, shoot. I'm not going to think of his name. Oh, no. I know. Uh, Mar- Marshall Ali or... Uh, is it Mar- Marshall? Ma- he was, he was Marshall in Ali, something like that. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that guy. That's right. We are doing... That's right. We're doing... They are doing Blade. Duh. Forgot. Yeah. Um, Fe- yeah and that the, makes... The, the story goes, Feige had no plan, and then he set the meeting and went in and was like, Blade. On to Blade. <laughs> and, <laughs> of course, Feige was like, uh okay sure we're <laughs> doing <know>? blade <laughs> fit, fit it fit it in somehow fit the daywalker into the MCU. right uh that's funny though because actually i the way i kind of sort of understand it and literally uh you could probably wikipedia in five minutes and no more than i know about these characters but right. um i think that blade and morbius had intersecting lines and storylines um sure so I mean, that's vampires, weird so. that yeah, but you can't you can't do those because one is Sony and one is uh, Marvel. Ah, so that's that's going to be a weird thing. Um, <clears throat> but the when you watch that, there is a small little gotcha moment that I didn't realize it was a gotcha moment until I read it on the internet. I was like, oh yeah, that is a gotcha moment. 
um, okay. in that, Mor- that Morbius trailer, there is a cameo near the end, quickly, of um, Michael Keaton in it. Mm. And mm. he, it, the importance there is that, is he playing the vulture? Vulture. I was like, what bird? I'm going like condor, falcon. Oh, we've already got a falcon. <laughs> it was some bird. Yeah. Right. The, the vulcan. Or vulture. vulture. Yeah. So, so is he like, oh my God. Because Sony's talked for the longest time about them being, you know, a, a, a Spider-Man universe that they want to make. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, um, and I guess there's also a poster somewhere in the background. I have to watch it again. Uh, of, of Spider-Man. It says something like Spider-Man is wanted for murder or something. Okay. So those two things, note that this trailer is for a Sony movie. Sony movie, it's, but it is it, not an MCU movie. So it yeah, the the murder thing sounds like it could be a a follow-up to uh Far From Home. Exactly. Which was set in the MCU. Michael Keaton was in Homecoming? Homecoming. Okay. And and Spider-Man Far from home is when he got like masked and claimed for murder, right. framed for murder type thing. By the, but, the but that's that's with the. I mean, that clearly has to do with the MCU because Far from Home is and uh, Homecoming were with Tony Stark and the Avengers and everything, right? And Captain America. So does that mean Fox is using these characters that are MCU characters? How does that work? Well, they were. The the Tom Holland Spider Man movies were Sony movies. They are Sony movies. Fo- and Fox they are movies. S- yes. However and that works. No, it's Sony. Sony, yeah. But they Ugh. and they are Sony's property. Like Morbius, Venom, Vulture, those are all Sony's characters. Right. They do have the rights to those. So they can use them. But if it's the same exact characters and they're talking about storylines that happened in the Spider Man movies, it's just a really weird thing, right? Well, it's right. Like, like the those those two movies are Sony movies, but you know, Feige produced them, and they are set in the MCU, even yeah. though they're not technically Marvel. Right? It's that whole complicated situation right. over there. But yeah, so so Sony is trying to use the MCU universe in their universe. I mean, they would. I mean that's a smart move, right? Right. Like, um, it would it's it it would be wise for them not to fight that because that's a big, you know, like that's crazy, f- easy free, uh, you know, publicity yeah. sort of. I mean, thing. they don't have to say Captain America, and they don't have to say Iron Man. They can just right. say Vulture. They can say Spider Man. They can say Venom. They can say all these things without even asking Kevin Feige for stuff. <laughs> Right now, if they oh, wanted to show, oh Cap yeah, I see what you're saying. If they if they want to do it independently, yeah, yeah be- because that's... Far From Home was theirs and Homecoming is theirs. Everything in that movie is theirs except for the characters that aren't allowed to be, which is Iron Man and Captain America. Right. Well, and, they and, had and, uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, bodyguard, um, Happy. Happy John Favreau. Right. I mean, they had Iron Man in Homecoming. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those characters but, yeah, they couldn't I use because those are the the one time use. The idea was that Spider Man uh, they got to use Spider Man in these movie in the MCU movies, but the Homecoming got to use Iron Man and X like three characters. I see, right? I see. Yeah. So so the thing is they couldn't use those characters' names in their shared universe, but they can certainly use every other thing that was in those movies. Sure. 
Yeah, which is which is tying it into MCU through a back door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, you know that's, that's how comic that's books are too. That's how sure. comic books are too. Sure. You have the big crossovers where they all come together, but their own individual magazines are their own stories. Mm-hmm. Right. That that yeah, you kind of know that you're in the world with the Avengers, but the X Men don't call them every time. Right. Yeah. So I got yeah. a uh, collection. I forget what it's called. It's on Comicsology. A big mm-hmm. anthology collection of classic Star Trek comics. Yeah. So so far, their original series. The first one was all about Scotty, and they're that. The, at least these I'm looking at, they're all by one guy. I think he's the writer. Um, but the art style is very like Archie and Jughead, like newspaper level. Yeah. Like everything's kind of. I mean, it's not rough. Like I can tell. That a lot of detail goes into like the drawing the faces and stuff, unlike yeah. something like Archie. But the, you know the coloring is all really rough. Sometimes it's off, right? Like it went through the yeah. printer uh, it's wrong. Made to be that way, yeah. everything's slightly out of out of the lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's just Star Trek kind of stories. So yeah, well, yeah, the, I, I ordered something. Um, just kind of on a on a whim. I I like Marvel space stuff, like back when Guardians of the Galaxy and all that. Mm-hmm. It's I've been known to like that. Sure. Um, and I've had a weird like for um, Silver Surfer. I just kind of always had since the original mm. Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet. Um, so, but his 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 uh, stories are usually pretty trippy, uh, like space trippy, like Doctor Strange kind of trippy. Okay. And and um and the artwork can be hit or miss. It's kind of like that's what they. The Silver Surfer mags, whenever they have them, they seem to pick like experimental artists. It's weird. Hmm. Um, so I had they had come out with a series, a mini series called Silver Surfer Black, at the end of last year, um, and I just missed it. I looked, I picked it up at the comic book local comic book store, and it was like, man, this art is not that great, um, <laughs> right? And, and art's a big thing for me. Uh, but sure. I heard the story was pretty good. Everybody said the story was really good, and it li- okay. led into another series that I kind of want to read. So I was on Amazon and I saw that, that they actually had a trade paperback of it. And it was only $10. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll buy that because it collects like six magazines. That's 30 bucks. Um, and MRSR, MSRP thing on this thing is 40 bucks. I didn't understand the whole thing. It came hmm. in yesterday hmm. and it's pretty amazing. I want to show you this at ICGCon. It is, it's the, it's first off, it's on a like legal size thing. I see. Okay. So it's like really tall and wide. Mm-hmm. So it's like a poster book almost. And then the, the cover is like this really beautiful plastic type thing, oversized and just feels really gorgeous, like for $10. So I was just really happy to get this surprise, random, cool, feels like artwork comic book, you know, thing. I'm, <laughs> nice. I'm going to put it on nice. my coffee table now. When I, yeah. yeah. Amazon does. That's something people who are thinking about getting into comic books or even a little bit is that, you know, going to comic books and just buying trades, you don't have to buy the weekly stuff. Buy a trade, which is a compilation of several of the comic books that just right. tell a single story arc. Yeah. There are so many out there. Go to your local library and you can and you can check them out. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them at your local library to read an entire Avengers story or Iron Man story or X-Men. And you don't have your, to know everything. You doing know? your LeVar Burton impression. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It's, it's a great Reading place Rainbow. to get into that stuff. And if you like it, you can really get interested in it. And, and it's Amazon. It's 
really affordable for some stuff on some deals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and I'm every person who's a comic book nerd will tell you the same thing. You know, just just try it, give it, give it a read. They're out there, and you can get them for really affordable prices. Yeah, I'm I'm still paying for Comicsology Unlimited or whatever their thing is called, and I go on and check it every once in a while. I had my I must have subscribed to Sex Criminals because I got their latest. I got emails before it happened. They're like, are they hey, are they this over? Is, this is coming up. No, but it feels like they're working into um, wrapping their story up. It's oh, I, th- I thought I was going to get that pulled, but I think it was you or somebody said that it was it was going to end. I yeah, I think they're working toward the end. The issue that I just got and read um, didn't conclude, so it's uh, you know it's not done, but it's it feels like it's working toward a fine a finale. It's weird when you get those independent comic books. There was uh, one that I know both of us had read at one point, called, a comic book called Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they can do whatever they want to do. And it's really weird because they're like, yeah, I don't feel like uh, writing this month. So they just skip a couple months. You know? and, and, <laughs> sure. and, 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 and they really, that's honest to God, that's what their explanation is like. Yeah, we took, we took a trip. We decided to go on a camping trip out west. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, because I have no, uh, you know, uh, um, like history historical expectations for comics like i think of it the same way as you know a normal normal but like a novel author like i expect brandon sanderson is gonna put out something almost every year every cup because he's just writing all the time i expect yeah. that george r. r martin will probably die before finishing a song of ice and fire <laughs> right um especially after the finale of that hbo series um Did and I so really i'm just like I'm like, oh, is there a is there a thing? There's no, no, there's no, there's no new thing. All the way down to, you know, like following a a guy writing uh, lit RPG by the chapter and posting it on Patreon. Like he's just gonna post when he finishes a chapter, and it'll be what it is. It'll take him as long as it takes, and then he'll put it up. Like I have no sense of like it coming out every month, like a like a traditional magazine. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, for me personally, I, I couldn't get into that thing. It's why I, I won't buy books that aren't finished, you know, mm. their, their storylines. I, sure. I won't. And, and I've, like, I waited for the Lightbringer series to come out and to finish. And I think he's got one book coming out, but he's, this is a guy that's putting them out very regularly. Um, so he's got three of the four already out, and I'm, I'm going through so that fourth one comes out, I'm ready to go. Uh, but that was even a risk for me. I, you know, I want to be able to have this. Uh, the the saga thing. Speaking of that one in particular, actually, just not last year, I think they they said that okay, we've wrapped up a little bit of a story arc. It's not the the whole book, but we're going to take a two year break. They said two year break. Hmm. We and we know the ending of the whole saga story. Um, I think they killed off one of the main characters that was there since the beginning. Okay, um, no spoilers because I know you read some of it, yep. but um, and it was a huge dramatic moment. And and then they were like, okay, two years. You have to wait two years before we <laughs> tell you what happens there, because we want to figure it all out ourselves. And I'm like, oh, they took a two year hiatus. Sure, that's that's crazy to me. Like, it, I, I know mean, it's if, intellectual property, but if it's if it's actually two years, I mean, you know me. We we've, we've had this, uh, you know, various versions of this same conversation. Like, I mean, we saw the difference between the Game of Thrones. George R. R. Martin made and the Game of Thrones Benioff and Weiss made. Like I I am all about you know do it right no matter how long it takes with creative works like this. Like I would rather 
them take their time and do it right than be rushed into an ending that's not satisfying. Right. And, and I, I totally agree with that. I, I think this comes back to our earlier subject we had earlier tonight with, with Picard was that, you know, I, I, I don't like um, trickles type or, or a uh, mm. not, not a trickle. That's a bad thing. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess trickling, you know, because Picard, I'm actually going to know where it's going it, to, it is going to story, but I, you know, I'm finding that out, but with uh, like the, the, the Martin stuff, it's like, I couldn't handle not knowing that this was a going to finish <laughs> or that there, it wasn't going to come out maybe in my lifetime or, yeah, you know, that's the, that's the thing. Like I don't mind, especially these days, I don't mind waiting for stuff. Some things, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, right? Whatever. Um, you know, so I don't mind like, oh, I have to wait a whole week. Like I do want to see the next episode, but now I, the, like the pressure's off. I can watch other things because there's nothing, there's, there's no more to see. Um, where, you know, if it's, if it's all out, you're like, uh, okay. Like I've had friends that watch Supernatural. I'm like, a show ran for over 10 seasons. I'm not, <laughs> I, I just can't. Um, <laughs> right. the, the, but, but I definitely see what you're saying where I do want to know that it's going to end. Like, um, we talked about this before we started recording. A couple of our friends have said in vague terms that they're overall satisfied, positive, you know, good feelings about um, the ending of uh, The Good Place. Yes. Yes. That's a show where I th I'm almost certain that I finished season three, but mm -hmm. by season three, I'm just I was just fatigued by it. Like, sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. The same. Like, how many more twists can you make? And now it's this thing about how weird ethics and morality are, which it's it's always been, but it just yeah. without the big mystery, the, there's right. less of a hook. But after that, I was like, okay. Well, I hadn't started season four, so I should probably go start season four. And now I'm like, I don't know, five ish episodes in, and it's really good. Yeah, I I agree. See, that's that's a perfect example. Is that someone can tell me watch the Good Place? It's four seasons. It is all really good. Has a really good story, and then it has a re really good ending. And and that makes me feel good about starting a whole series and starting it going. But if somebody told me like, if if I was two years into True Blood, should I watch True Blood because we don't know if it's going to have a good ending or not? Because it's just it's seven seasons long. Is it going to mm. have a good like? And True Blood was. Horrible. I mean, it was a horrible show. As it was, <laughs> but it was horrible ending. It was an awful ending. And, I watched it, and I don't even remember what happened. Oh, it's awful. And it's that's what I'm saying is that you, you feel like such a waste of time that you have invested in emotional or whatever it might be time invested in something, and then a it doesn't happen because the writer dies, or mm. you know, or you die before the ending happens, <laughs> you know, and um, or the ending is terrible that it's not worth your large investment in time. So if you're reading a comic book and you want to have the story end, I don't want to wait three years for a bad ending. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and that kind of stuff depends on what's in between, right? Like um, with both Voyager and Deep Space Nine, Star Trek, I, I went to a list. I'm like, what episodes do I need to see? Like, yeah, I could watch all of them, but that's a daunting prospect. Like, just give me the, yeah. the give me the good ones because it's episodic. Um, I mean, Deep Space Nine has a little bit of through plot, but um, yeah. like, what do I, what do I really need? Let me skip the ones that aren't very good. If the story is like, if the story is the thing, 
like a show like Lost, um, that's the whole thing. And if the ending is unsatisfying, then you might as well not bother. Um, a show like uh, last year we watched Deadwood. Deadwood doesn't yeah. have a satisfying ending. They right. they did eventually they come back 10 one. years right. later and, and make the movie. But if you watch the show by itself for those 10 years, you're disappointed in the end. Like it just ends and then they didn't get another season and that's it. But that, like the the story, the big picture of what's happening in the town is not what makes Deadwood good. Yeah, like sure. what makes Deadwood good are these fascinating, engaging broken characters and this and this intricate complex you know very compelling writing you know right, so it so it does like yes that en- the the lack of ending is dissatisfying but not enough where i would say oh it's not worth watching because the ending does like maybe i would because would i'm the way the i am same for game of thrones game of thrones <sighs> that's the exact same situation it has great writing and great story throughout the first five seasons and then doesn't have great at the end and the ending isn't everything of the characters because the characters developing are compelling throughout most of the whole time all the way through the battle of the bastards why but yeah i but know that movie the I ending mean, makes it not be it's hard it's hard for me to say this but i think knowing like Yes, that's true. All all of that stuff is true. the The big picture, or or several smaller big pictures of what's happening in Game of Thrones are are very important. and the And the books are the same way. Like the books set up that like here are the dragons and here are the zombies, and you assume at some point those are going to become important, are going to become important. But in the books, they still haven't. It's all humans and politics with no dragons or very little dragons or zombies involved at all and in the show they bring all that together in an unsatisfying way well or satisfying if you're me and you look at it and go well you already screwed it up so you might as well burn the whole city down (laughs) um so 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 yeah if you if you've gotten to this point and you've never seen any of the show I don't know that I would recommend somebody watch it, even though it had five, six-ish really good seasons with a couple of excruciating moments of, of masochism, sadism, You're right, uh, yeah. the scenes you subject yourself to. Um, knowing how like unsatisfying the ending is, I I think kind of kind of spoils it. Where I don't think I would I would recommend somebody to watch it. Plus, it's so long. I I almost think that. I would recommend people to watch up through battles, the battle of the bastards. I think that would be a satisfying end to that show. Mm. Cause except for Cersei, not getting her comeuppance. That's the only thing that, that would be a terrible stuff because you don't really care about brand and the other side of the wall. That's not really a threat. They keep talking about it, but it's not really prominent right. until six and seven. Right. But anyway, we're getting off on track of there. Uh, my question I had to, to close this out is if the books, were written exactly like the show ended. Wouldn't you be disappointed that you spent so many years of your life reading and wanting and thinking and hoping for this series? And then that is the actual way that it ends. And you're like, God, I spent so much time and effort and thought. I mean, I said this before we saw the ending. Um, the, the show makes it, makes it more, um, 
I think every new, every new universe, every new piece of uh, sci-fi or fantasy that I pick up has a little bit less uh, like obsessive engagement for me. Okay. You know, I, I read wheel of time and that was the first big long fantasy series that I read post college post, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings and our buddy Cogswell and I would meet up at the bar and we'd talk and we're like, okay, so this guy's still alive and this guy's still alive. This, do we know where this, Oh, this guy's running. He's manipulating the queen over and the thing. And like talking about the story because there were still, we didn't know this at the time, but there were still like four books yet to come Mm -hmm. that that series ended up with like 13 books but um then you know game of thrones was after that so it was a little it was a little bit less like we still talked about stuff and everybody was hyped for the show and that really changed the show really changed the um you know the landscape in terms of of being a fan of that series um As far as, like, the ending and the investment of time, like I said, it's just like a show. It goes back to how much you enjoyed the journey, right? Like, what I what I started to say when I started talking, before we finished <laughs> season eight of the show, I said, absolute best case scenario, the finale is bittersweet, right? Because it's over. Like, you're going to have at least a little bit of negative feeling just for the sake of it being over. Right. Right? Like, you, if you're, you know, with these long series, I I came to most of this stuff late. Like, I was reading, when I started reading Wheel of Time, I think the, the books that were already out spanned, like, 20 years, and the books that were still to come were, like, five years. So I was close to the end. But if you had been reading from when they were new, like if you showed up in the second book and then read each one that it came out, and so it's been a thing, you know, like I, I said that with game with the show, Game of Thrones, like it'd been going for almost 10 years. The actors have all gone through, you know, a significant portion of their lives. But with a book like that, if you've been reading each book as it's come out for 25 or 30 years... um. I don't know. It depends yeah. on how much you enjoyed those books when you read them. And I'll, and, I'll say my, my favorite way to read four, four books and book series is honestly, um, there's an, an author named Robin Hobb and she does the best kind mm-hmm. of writing that I like because it is trilogies or two books, sure. maybe sometimes four that are a complete story with characters in the world. And then she puts another stories a set of series of books with these characters in that world or different characters where they have. So it's like you finish the story, you finish the whole main thing. And then, and then another, you start a different book and they're like, now one of the characters is going off on a different quest or one of the minor characters in a different Mm -hmm. part of the world. And they explore that part of the world or, and then maybe they'll run into some of your other favorite characters. You know what I mean? So it's a different story. So okay. you can yeah. finish a thing. I, I really enjoy that. Instead of saying like, I, I need to have them all, all 13 books of mine interconnected. We have 13 books. We just have three and then another two stories and then another three here. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy that. I can see, I can see both of those things. Like there, there are times when I want like, give me just a story standalone. That's one of the nice things about a, a large universe like Star Trek where 
you can tell a story and maybe you call references to other things, but the beginning, middle, and end of the whole story can all happen in one world. That's how Wheel of Time was for me as it went on. Like every new book, I was like, oh, cool. I can go along on more fun adventures with these characters that I've been listening to audiobooks for the last six years. Yeah. And they're like old friends. Right. Um, but it was all one story. So it's all like not one. I mean, it was, but there were all of these side quests that uh, yeah. a lot of which ended up being complete, completely useless. But well, well, all right, well yeah. in this, in this little book section we have here talking, since we're a little bit over on the show here, we, with a recommendation, which I don't do often for books because I'm not a huge book guy, but I did sure. uh, there. If you ever feel about picking up a new ish or not new, new to you series, uh, I would recommend getting uh, picking up the Farseer trilogy book, or you can get it on. You can definitely get it on audiobook. Um, right. I don't know how the voice goes, but the the book is the book is good, and it's three books. It's the Farseer trilogy. It's pretty great. Um, the first book is like with the main character is a boy. The uh, the second book is him in like coming of age in the twenties, his twenties ish, and then the third book is him when he's like a full man type thing. Uh, hmm. So you you get a really good full story of a character within three books and oh i mean all the characters progress and this the world is great the story is great it's got magic in it but it's very much lord of the rings kind of magic mm-hmm. you know where there's there's definitely magic and bad guys and zombies but they're kind of like not you know they're a thing so anyway it's it's a good it's a good series and that one is one of those ones that has you know 50 other books that are written in that world type right thing. on so but those are the that's the first three core books that are great Right. Cool, man. Got right, a lot to cool. I was I'm kind of kind of worn out today. I thought we would end early, but then you got me going on books. On books. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been listening to the Front Porches this is episode 128. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, if you like Star Trek, you can check out our other show, KlingonsandDragons.com. It is a Star Trek Adventures role playing podcast. It's not safe for work. Uh, if you want to reach out to us via email, you can do that, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Over on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we got contact forms, comment boxes on every episode, all that good stuff. Uh, check that out. If you enjoyed the show, you could subscribe, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your, sh- your podcasts. I'm such shows. I don't know. I'm blind, <laughs> whatever. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.